Damien Thompson, mate, we're back in the hot seats today. Yeah, we made it to number two. We huh? did. So two. <laughs> we got there, huh? So. It's very good. It's very good, mate. Uh, in the know, commercial property investing. And our first episode of the Pizza and Property commercial uh, series went live Launch. as well. So for people who yep. are listening to this but haven't listened to the Pizza and Property episode, hop over to Pizza and Property on all the podcast channels and you'll, uh, you'll see Damien's mug there. And also in the most recent Pizza and Property magazine, you had a little write-up. You just crafted, yeah. crafted together a few words on uh, when the right time is to buy commercial property. Yeah, that's right. It was great to be featured in that and it was great to have the first episode kicked off and I think it's going to be a great uh, a great year, right? Where we're getting dropping one of those a month. 100%. Um, it's going to be some really good content. Got you on there dropping your knowledge and <clears throat> mate, um, some good stuff to come for sure. And it's good to see Gigi's joined us as well today at the, know, uh, right? in the podcast. Fresh haircut, freshly <laughs> shaved. She's, uh, <laughs> exactly she's how looking we like good. it. Yeah. Um, Mate, today we're talking the different types of assets inside of the overall commercial sector, right? Um, like residential, you know, you've got houses, you've got apartments, you've got townhouses, you've got, um, you know, acreage, blah, 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 blah. So you've got a residential sector with many different facets inside of that. And it's no different with the commercial sector, you know. Um, there's probably four main areas of, of commercial uh, which we're going to break down and, and they usually are the office sector. We've got industrial or, or, or you know, warehouse. Um, we've got retail and, uh, you know, special services. So like service stations, childcare, amusement parks, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, and then you've got a few others like multifamily homes, hotels, mixed use, you know, things like pubs, for example, um, fall under that sort of hospitality banner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we're going to unpack that. What uh, what each of those sectors consist of, um, and then what our overall thoughts are of those uh, of those sections. But mate, before we uh, before we get into that, what's our commercial property quick tip or deal oh. of the week? You choose whichever one. Mate, I'm going to ch- throw it to you for a minute for the deal of the week because I know that uh, you know you're working on something at the moment, essentially, which is um, in Newcastle, right? Yeah, um, that's right. It's a uh, it's a commercial asset in a in a strata building um so it's a you know big commercial space with different strata uh levels inside of the building and uh we've recently purchased the full top floor of that building and um and it's an incredible building it's a heritage uh heritage listed building mm-hmm. um but the the incredible thing about the building is not only the location of it the views it's got an ungodly amount of parking i think it's got you know eight to ten parking spaces which for that area is very rare um, it also has the upside through development potential. So because it's the full top floor mm-hmm. um, of the building and we make up the majority of the unit entitlements for that building because all the levels underneath that are split up into a few different right. um, yep. you know, unit entitlements, what we can do, and this is obviously subject to council approval, but we can add an extra level to the top floor of that building which would be of no use to anyone else in the building because they can't access it. So the lift obviously stops at mm, our floor. Right. Um so, you know, we're going to go through the process of doing a pre-day A and, and, and talking to council about our idea. But essentially, if we can add three apartments, which will be circa two to 400 square meters each apartment, um, you know, with incredible views, and that actually gets approved, um, you know, there's a potential to, to turn that into, a, you know, an extreme profit. Now that's a that's a big value add, right? Because essentially what you've done is you don't even have to purchase the rest of the building, but you've gotten the rights to be able to do that through purchasing only the biggest portion in that building, right? Exactly right. Yeah. So you control the majority of the yeah. unit entitlements, and uh, which means we we essentially have majority strata vote. So we could you know purchase the roof space off the strata 
which you, a lot of people do in in, in residential. Yeah. You know, they purchase the uh, the attic space, yep. and uh, and then you know get a DA and and transform that space into. A, Mate, uh, that's solid. That's a that's a really good um, a really good move. Mate, you know, it's going to add a lot of value for sure. It, uh, and that's the deal of the week, mate. That's awesome. Mate, that is yeah. the deal of the week. Uh, and mate, let's jump into it. So the first type of in commercial asset we're going to cover off is uh, is offices and uh, what makes up offices, where they're usually located and um, you know where we see offices being the uh, the best fit. So when you hear office commercial space, like what, what's the first thing that I guess comes to mind or comes to clients' minds? Uh, I think at the moment it's 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 a bit of a hot topic, right? Everyone's talking about it. Like we, I think we've touched on it as well. Is like the business environment is changing, and and you know more people are working from home, and bigger bigger companies are not choosing office spaces. Mm. What comes to our mind is you know essentially the CBD office space, right? Um, which is a very evolving space at the moment. Um, but look, there's some key factors to obviously keep in mind, regardless of whether you're looking at you know. A small street shop or, or some type of office in that environment versus a you know CBD office environment, right? So, and when we say CBD as well, it doesn't necessarily need to be Sydney CBD, right? No, if you no. think about New South Wales, you've got Parramatta, you've got um, you know you've obviously got Sydney CBD, you've got North Sydney, you've got Macquarie Park, you've correct? Got, yeah, you know the Hills District. You know you go to any one of these um, metropolitan business districts as such. And, and there's always office space, right? And they usually are office spaces for, for your local businesses and sometimes, you know, multinationals or... Yeah, definitely. And there's, there's key features in those that you need to be looking for, right? If you are looking to purchase an, an office space. But I think... Um you know, there's obviously still a lot of money getting poured in. There's some really key, like especially in Sydney, there's some key developments getting done over the next year or two years still, mm. right? So if you're seeing big money plays getting put into those sectors, then you know that there's you know, essentially... Still demand for That's those. right, mm. yeah. So there's some really key uh, performance indicators that are, that are still making it like, a you know, it's essentially going to be a, still a good investment, but it's just, uh, it's, at a, it's at a bit of a changing time, right? Where it's just, it's evolving to, to what it will be. Exactly uh, yeah. right. So I think with Office, naturally, location is of the utmost importance right so making sure that where you're buying an, an office you know property or an office commercial property there is strong demand from tenants and also future buyers um, you know going into a an area for example where the average business might be 30 staff or, or something like that and then buying 2,000 square meters of office space yeah. doesn't really make a lot of sense right you're not going to appeal to many people um, so making sure that the office space that you buy inside of the location in which you buy it resonates with the demographic of business, which of is course. going to be in that yeah. space. Yeah, very um, good point. Yeah. And, and you know, the, also then the micro location as well. So you look at Sydney CBD and then, you you know, you go to Barangaroo, for example, which they've just developed, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of square meters worth of office space. It's all full. And the main reason for that is that a lot of people have moved out of the older style office buildings into these beautiful new, you know, yeah. buildings. Um, they've probably taken up a smaller amount of space. They've got incredible views. They've got all the brand new facilities. It looks great for their business. Um, and it's obviously in, you know, what will become and, and is becoming the new sort of hub of, mm. of the city, you know, that, that Barangaroo precinct. Yeah, um, definitely. So I think that, that that's very important. 
location and location like you're mentioning being inside different i suppose different parts and areas of the city lends itself to more you know office workers versus you know even food precincts and things mm. like that so knowing inside the location you know what what section of the cbd for instance you are being in as well is, is more than likely to attract more tenants or stronger tenants and things like that as well exactly and then the accessibility i guess comes straight off the back of that right because if it's in the right location it's usually going to have really strong accessibility because the majority of people when they're uh, commuting to work they want to commute via public transport if they're a long way from home so making sure that you know you're close to um, trains and buses uh, you know you are close to things where people can you know go for an after after work drink for example Mm, or go and have lunch and um, so being in a location which lends itself which just doesn't sound like you know uh, brains, brain science and like, you know, these crazy <laughs> no, ideas, right. but it's just common knowledge. That's but, right, yeah. Um, you know, you need to be clear that where you're buying it is going to appeal to the tenant uh, if and when the current tenant moves out, right? Because um, the accessibility, the locations uh, then lend itself to the kind of tenant who is going to be looking at that asset. Is it just going to be a small local business? Are you buying something that which will attract a you know, a big anchor tenant, for example, like yep. a government or, you know, a large company. Um, and, you know, it, it is possible to get tenants like that. And if you buy the right asset, there's always going to be a demand from your really strong larger companies. For sure. And like you said, like common, it seems like it's common knowledge, right? But it's, you know, if, if it's... Um you know, we don't always do things that are common, right? And people tend to, you know, if you don't keep those things in mind and you do purchase the wrong office space, you're going to know about it, right? Yeah. So it is common knowledge, but, you know, you can also, you know, execute it incorrectly as well and be, and be stuck. And then how's about the lease? So like we're looking at an office space, it's got a, it's got a you know, business in there currently. They're on a, a five plus five plus five, for example, and they're coming to the end of their mm-hmm. first five-year uh, term. Um, what's the kind of things that you'd be reviewing in the due diligence process to make sure that they're actually going to then take on that next five and next five? Because like you said, it's a changing environment right now, right? Yeah, when it comes to the lease though, most of the time the options that have been negotiated in in the the tenant's favour, right? So we can't really do a lot when it comes to the end of the term. We can obviously do the most amount when it comes to the end of the total term versus the option for, for instance, inside the the lease. But, you know, when it comes up um, for that, I suppose, for that term, um, it's obviously just reviewing the the rates per square metre and making sure that you're in line with, you know, I suppose, you know, from a landlord perspective, you're not selling yourself short on on any money in regards to, you know, similar type offices around it and making Mm. sure that you're on track in regards to that side of things. And then also something to be conscious of is if you're buying it off an owner occupier of which is going to still be in the space that they're not paying a premium rent to themselves and when they then depart all of a sudden you're going to be you know with an left with an asset that's no longer what it you, you thought it was worth when yeah, you purchased it. Yeah, so that's, that's, and that's, you're right, doing the proper due diligence around the per square meter rate and, and the local um, office spaces around it and what, you know, what they're paying to make sure that, you know, if you are purchasing an own occupier, you're right, you're not, uh, you haven't got somebody that's inflated it, uh, you know, to get a, to get a higher price point on, on the sale. Yeah. Mate, very, very good points. Uh, vacancy rates in the majority of CBDs around Australia, but let's just talk Sydney, for example, are forecast to hit, you know, around about 15%. Which, uh, you know, if you compare that to vacancy rates in, say, Resi at the moment, less than 1% in most relocations, uh, pretty different. Um, And and in Melbourne, that's actually, you know, likely to be slightly higher than than Sydney. Um, What what would you be looking at 
if you still wanted to get into that sector of the commercial space, but you didn't want to be a part of that 15% that's likely to be vacant uh, in uh, the coming... Yes, yeah, so I think um, the vacancy rates, uh, you know, they're, they're scared, they're, I think they're forecasted to go to even 20%, right, in, in Sydney and then 25% in Melbourne. So I think it would be all about, you know, doing your due diligence on what type of businesses and tenants are most likely to take up the space, right? So there's mm. obviously going to be businesses and tenants that are struggling in this type of environment. So I'd be more or less enlightening myself and, and I suppose creating the space that's going to suit the type of tenant that is needed at the moment right mm. and that is, is being successful around that um so i think just creating the 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 asset to um to lend itself towards the, the businesses that are in need and demand at the moment yeah. exactly right yeah. and, and one of the main reasons for the increase in in vacancy rates is because of the large amount of inventory that's coming to the marketplace right um in sydney you've got uh you know some of the big developments that lend lease are doing obviously yep. Um, the the new tower that uh, Atlassian are building. Correct. Um, there's a lot of new stock, and and you know, this is one of the reasons why maybe not as bullish on the on the office sector is because there is no limit to supply in you know most CBD locations because they can increase height limits, they can rezone yeah. land, and when there is more demand for office space, they then meet that demand usually with more supply than yeah. needed. Um, so that's one of the uh, the main reasons where office can be a little bit more vulnerable and you need to be very selective with what you do end up purchasing um, to make sure that you're not going to be a part of you know that, that, that vacancy rate figure. Yeah, correct. And like I think they were saying just in Sydney alone, there's about 8% of new stock um, coming to market in the next three to five years, right? So that's that's quite a, a decent chunk. So eight percent uh, of the total market total will be coming to yeah, market. Right. Yeah. There yeah. you go, which is uh, which is huge. And then you compare that to some resi sectors, and you know there's a huge shortage of uh, yeah. of supply. Um, so that's uh, that's office space. Uh, we're going to move into now industrial or, or warehouse type of commercial asset, which has probably over the last five or so years been the strongest performer inside of. The commercial sector, which you know, I would put it down to the uh, the growing need of distribution, you know, due to e-commerce and and, and that side of yep. things. Um, what uh, what's your thoughts on the industrial and and the like the, the warehouse space? I think it's um it's it's almost like the blue chip of commercial, right? Mm. So it's um you know you know we talk about blue chip locations with resi and and things like that. I think that the asset class of small industrial warehouses at the moment is the blue chip um of the commercial. Of the yeah, um, it seems like it's the safer bet, and much the like what you're saying. There's a lot of demand for this type of asset, um, and that's coming from you know yeah online trading but you know also you know just the change in the business environment and you know people needing warehousing for storing and distribution and all those type of things so that's playing a key factor into you know obviously that industrial space and then if we look at the vacancy rates as we just spoke about in you know the office space sector vacancy rates in sydney are circa 15 to 20 percent in the industrial space they're less than half of one percent you know yeah, we're talking like point two. yeah of a percent, which just shows the demand and the supply and, and demand, uh, you know, di- difference. Um, so at the moment, you could probably buy any light industrial and still be doing okay out of it. Um, but it still comes down to making sure that's in the right location because, you know, if it is for distribution purposes and you're looking for those kind of tenants or you're looking for, you know, someone who runs a small business out of it, it needs yep. to be centrally located usually to your main arterials for easy accessibility to, you know, for, for their staff and for, uh, you know, they're, they're 3PL providers, for example. Um, so, yeah, proximity to, to major transport links and arterials is, is probably one of the main 
things that you think about when you're looking at uh, light industrial. Yeah, for sure. I mean, location in every piece of, of property, right, is always a key player. But, um, you know, like just back on those those um, vacancy rates, vacancy rates is obviously a key driver on, on you know, obviously – I suppose the demand for that type of asset, um, and like you know, like you said, like in the Gold Coast, I remember we were looking at an asset for for a client as well. And they were like it was a zero point eight percent vacancy rate, right? And even got down in Sydney, across Sydney, to zero point two percent. So that that's like that's unheard of, right? That's really really tight, um, tight vacancies. But um, and that doesn't look like a sector when we're talking about the you know macro business environment that's going to go out of fashion anytime soon, right? Like you know, the larger these companies get, or the larger that sector of the market gets, where we're less, um, you know brick and mortar businesses and more online businesses and mm. with online businesses they need businesses they need to be holding more inventory which means yep. they need to you know have more storage um, I can't see that sector of uh, of the real estate market or the commercial real estate market going out of fashion anytime soon so it's probably going to be something that continues um, but naturally there's going to be more supply coming to market in in most locations so it's just something you can be conscious of yeah um, and, and like we spoke about you know buying something without a tenant, you know the, the the value of the asset is uh, is subjective, so not many banks will lend on it. So there's a lot of new supply in that light industrial space. Yeah, um, but you want to make sure that you're was, buying something that. Yeah, def- and I was actually speaking to to an agent in in uh, the Gold Coast the other day, and he was saying what they're doing up there now is because it's gotten so tight. Is people are building these new complexes, and essentially they they're calling them like shoeboxes, right? Where they're like someone's developing this new sort of complex, and then they're sectioning off into small little blocks of um a warehouse space, and you know, that's obviously the to go towards a demand in people wanting more storage and things like that for their businesses. But they're essentially like the hurricanes, they're so tiny and they're getting like still the same per meter rate uh, from a purchase perspective as some of the bigger ones or some of the, you know, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. And, so, and there are some light industrial now is very luxe as well. You know, like mm. I know there's a development happening in Newcastle market called the primary mm. and um, mate, they're like, they're pretty luxe looking thing. Yeah. You know, they're like semi, semi, uh, light industrial semi sort of office space you know they're yeah they're black pictures yeah Yeah, yeah. you know it's like it's a it's like a luxury way now to to show your property right because especially for a lot of econ brands they want to perceive that um look and feel so if they're just in some you know shack in the middle of nowhere yeah that's uh, probably not ideal for their brand image but if you've got some beautiful you know building which you could actually then not only you know store stuff in for distribution but then also sell out of as well Mm. Um, and meet prospective clients and customers, then um, you know it makes sense. Yeah, like almost bringing the uh, the experience to the customer versus the old warehouse style is like you don't really want no one to know where you are, right? That's right. It's like we'll ship it to you. Don't come near us. That's you know? right. And you might yeah, have a shop yeah. front somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where now they're sort of combining the two together, and you've got a shop front and a warehouse yeah. all in one. Definitely. Um, so that's uh, I think something super importable, uh, super important. Sorry, um, again, accessibility is 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 very yeah. very important. Accessibility to train stations and buses and all the rest of it probably not, not so yeah. much, but accessibility to main arterials uh, is pretty important because most of these light industrials are for you know small businesses where their staff are moving around quite a lot with vehicles, yeah. whether they're from you know their company utes and stuff where they're you know coming yep. to and from, or whether it's from big trucks etc. dropping stuff off and picking stuff up. So having accessibility to your main arterials and not being in some back street where you can't get to, I think is pretty important. Um, you know the, 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 that then leads on to having larger and, and you know bigger roads. If we go to like Eastern Creek for example, um, 
where there's been a huge amount of development out there and you look all your major brands are there it's right next to the M- m7 and the m4 t junction which yeah. is like you know you can get anywhere in sydney um they're really wide streets you can get trucks in and out of there quite easily yeah um, and that's you know probably some of the most blue chip industrial in australia Correct. Uh, hence the reason a lot of your big brands are there yeah and, that, and that's right right so you're making it you know as the landlord you're purchasing something there the marketplace is demanding what it needs right so it needs to be close to your main arterial roads you know heights sometimes a big thing and having like enough storage space for instance mm. in these warehouses and making sure that the people can get you know forklifts in and out and stack multiple levels and, and things like that because more more storage stacked more efficiently is obviously better for the business right as well so that's going to be inside that that premises yeah exactly right um and you know, I, like I said, I don't think it's going to be something that, that goes out of fashion. I think it's going to continue to get bigger and bigger until uh, until we actually don't need physical goods anymore and we chuck glasses on and everything's in our perception. <laughs> Virtual reality, yeah. But, uh, I think we're a long way from that. So sure. as our population grows, yeah. you know, we demand more and we need more of that kind of asset. Um, so that's probably my favorite kind of asset in the, the yeah, commercial right. sector yeah. is, is the light industrial. Um Mate, the next one on the list is retail, which is uh, you know usually your your shop front or mm-hmm. you're a part of a shopping complex, for example, and um, it's where usually a retailer works out of. It's it's where you know someone has a place of business where they're they're selling goods from. Retail is an interesting one. I feel like obviously I'm a retailer myself from my my you know, my history of of dealing with my own um, building my own businesses and and being a retailer. So I feel that retail is slightly coming back again. And I always I'm always a good fan or a big fan of um you know the right retail. Right. Mm. I think it's um you know we're quite socially um you know minded creatures I suppose and we're always going to want to be out and about right as much as we do evolve into online buying online sell or whatever um, I feel it is always going to be an aspect to us that we want to be out and, and have that in-store experience um, so I think retail is like and we're looking I was looking at numbers this morning and I think look just in January 2023 alone I think retail in, in Australia was up like 1.9 percent and then versus like last year so January 20. 22 it was up 7 point nearly nearly 8% right so i feel there's a little bit of a surge coming back to retail and um owning my own businesses in retail space i've known looking at those numbers as well we're up now before covid 300% in one of our stores right so wow. there's people definitely getting out and about and the right retail is is essential i feel is still a really good investment yeah i agree i yeah. think that, that retail will just move more into experience Correct. shopping as opposed to you know just hanging clothes or putting something on a shelf and people coming in and getting it like they want that experience and I don't think it's going to go out of fashion but I think it's more important now to have it in the right location um, so you've either got to have a retail store or retail premises which is a destination location where people are going to travel to that retail store because everything is there yep. or it needs to be in a location in which there is a lot of retail and, yeah and that's uh, that's definitely one of the old um, things you know is go next to a successful operator versus trying to be your own operator for instance out mm. by your own and like if you are looking to purchase something that's something to take note of too right make sure we're amongst other operators that are successful which then increases um, foot traffic correct which, you know, naturally brings more people to the area the value yeah. of your asset because yeah. you're going to get stronger tenants um the i guess tenant strength is uh is obviously very important right because you've only got to drive down oxford street yeah in, in pado which is where we are and there's a lot of vacant retail there correct um you know, one of the main reasons for that is there's very little parking along there, so it's hard to stop. You can't easily just jump out and go into, you know, into a store. 
um, you know, people have migrated away from Oxford Street now and yep. they're coming into, you know, more of the village. Yep. So you then look at Glenmore Road and all the retail in Glenmore Road is doing exceptionally well because it's a part of the village. People can walk around, it's easy, you know, easier parking. Um, so I think that's, that, that's super important as well. Tenant strength is definitely a big thing, right? Because like what's happened is what, and what you find with these environments in business especially is as we go through these environments, usually the stronger tenants are the ones that survive right mm. and the ones that have got uh, you know more of a, a business that's i suppose you know in line with the way the economy is or in line with the way that we're we're, we're trending um you know you, typically people that don't adapt and and don't change during these environments uh is what you know the ones you see the empty shops with and things like that right or the, so i think it, it's to to keep in mind that you are if you are looking at tenant strength that you're looking at a, a tenant that has a business that's you know looking into the future is still going to be around um and he's you know is, is something or has been there for a very very long time right some, correct yeah it's so funny you go to some retail strips and the only business that's uh, still in business or one that's been there for 100 years is like your little bakery that looks like absolute <laughs> dog shit but you know it's just like a, a little a little bakery that's been just there for 30 yeah. years yeah. you know just doing their their roaring trade yeah um and then you look around at all the other retail shops and they're constantly going through constantly going through tenants uh, yeah and the other thing like you mentioned too which is a really good point is keep note of the way suburbs and locations are changing right because you'll find and you mentioned it as well on crown street and stuff as well in those areas like and it happened in in newtown and enmore as well is you'll find as a you know things change and people tend to migrate to a different area mm. inside a location and you know if you can pinpoint where the next sort of i suppose you know based on new operators coming to a certain area or and things like that you can actually see where actually it's going to change or where the business you know, section of that which area could be an opportunity change. to get That's in right. there at a lower price and yeah you know, feel the upswing of that yeah um and then you know making sure that in the location you ideally have the strongest premises right so things mm. like corner lots or, or, or corner premises is where you've got a huge amount of signage, you know, you've got strong parking, yep. um, you've got, uh, you've got you know, a, a retail premises that could host a range of businesses mm-hmm. because you think, you know, if you're just in a little 60 square meter retail shop, there's not a lot of businesses that can go in there, right? They're usually smaller businesses. But if you've got a, a business or, or a premises where you could have a fast food retailer in there, for example, or you could have a clothes store in there, for example, or you could have, uh, you know, a little accountant, accountant for example, or something like yeah. that. Um, that's one of the most important things is having uh, having a shop that has you know a multitude of facets that it could that it could have as tenants. Yeah, and visibility is a massive one, right? Like you just mentioned, having two. I mean, a corner location for a retail premises is perfect, right? Mm. Um, because you're getting you know you're getting double the frontage usually all the time, and it adds um, scarcity. So yeah. if you've got you know 50 shops side by side with their little three or four meter frontages, Correct. and then you've got a yeah. corner store. That's You'll hard. always have more demand for a corner location, that's for sure, from a retail perspective. Mm. Um, so bearing in mind that if you are looking at, you know, purchasing something, then you know, having a corner location that has double fronted, you're always going to find a tenant, right? Because that's that's a premium location. So yeah. you're going to pay a premium to buy the asset, correct? But that's yeah. it's never going to be something that goes out of fashion. Yeah. Um, and then again, obviously being close to to things like transport and train stations, buses, all that type of stuff, so people can easily get to the businesses that are uh, that are going to be inside of that premises yeah correct right and there it is i mean i think we've covered off the three most i suppose important um sectors sectors yeah yeah Yeah. there's obviously more like you know you you look at like let's let's talk about you know like pubs for example which is um, probably not something that the average punter can get into because naturally those assets are quite expensive they're usually freeholds which means you're buying a lot of land with with that um but 
you know, that that segment of the market is just crazy. Like mm. you never see a pub for sale for very long. No, they right. always trade extremely well. A lot of the time they have gaming and liquor licenses obviously attached to them, which is a you know a valuable thing. Yep. Um you, you look at the oaks in, in Neutral Bay, just traded for circa 120 to 150 million, the exact number hasn't been released yet. But that wasn't around for very long, and that's like, you know, the probably the most expensive, one of the most expensive assets that have sold. And usually you'll find that it's high net worth individuals that are trying to acquire those assets yep. because they're just a staple performer. You very rarely see a pub go out of business, you know, and, and, and then, you know, have to find another tenant because they were there for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that is another sector for more sophisticated investors that... Yeah, and you, you only know. have to look at like, you know, Justin Hems and his plays, right, in that section. And mm. you can see that, you know, if someone like of his sort of, I suppose, um, knowledge is continuing to buy pubs and there's, there's obviously a strong, a strong reason for it. The one that he bought in, uh, the, Vic, the Vic Inn in, in Marrickville is, is, you know, interesting because he bought, he just recently bought Nextdoor as well, which was a service, service station, station, right? That, yeah. yeah. And, and look, his overall play there is obviously development, right, potential because um, it's got, you know, it's got approved use for multi, you know, multi-story and, and things like that. That. but um mate pubs are, are definitely been trading really well as we start 2023 for sure yeah, yeah. It's, i don't think it's going to be going out of fashion unless no. we all of a sudden stop drinking alcohol exactly and right. kombucha and <laughs> juice. goes back to the old right social creatures right <laughs> we want to be out drinking and in those environments especially a good pub it's a local pub um and it's created and it's been there for years it, you know it's entrenched in the community um they're very strong assets yeah 100 but they come with a price that's uh that's really correct to that. yeah well, mate, uh, I reckon that wraps up a pretty good episode too. We've Agreed. got we've got inspections to do and clients to, uh, to service. So yes. I reckon we get back to our day jobs and less podcasting. Mate, but let's mate, do it. episode three uh, next week. What are we chatting through? And it's a really good question. 